This is an Average Fan Podcast hosted by Benny Hanna. Continue to like, rate, and subscribe. Make sure to share. Now streaming on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. This is an Average Fan Podcast hosted by Benny Hanna. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to an Average Fan Podcast. Your host, L. Jones. Whoo! Fresh off that divisional round. That disrespectful divisional round. I told y'all on the last episode I had some questions. I think I got my answers. Y'all got y'all answers? We gonna get into it. We gonna make this as fun as possible. Great, entertaining football, weekend of football. The home stretch is here, y'all. The home stretch is here. But enough of all that. Thank y'all for coming back and listening to an Average Fan Podcast. Go ahead and remember to rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast, y'all. Can't do it without y'all. Y'all are very pivotal in everything that goes on here on this side so now that we're here now that we're acquainted divisional rounds fresh off of four just four great games right now you might say look not all of them were great but if you're a fan of one of the teams that came out on top it was great right you advanced to the championship round and for those who did not okay it's fine there is always next year I hate to say it with doom and gloom, but that's just what it is. It has to be a victor and it has to be a loser. But there are no losers here. There's only lessons in life. Let's get into it, y'all. First game we got treated to on Saturday. None other than the Kansas City Chiefs at home, Arrowhead, taking on those pesky Jacksonville Jaguars in a game in which the Chiefs were able to win 20 to 27 but was filled with its fair share of drama, which came by the way of an injury, right, to one Patrick Mahomes, that we were able to see a Chad Henney sighting. I swear it seems like we see him at least once in a playoff where he was able to go 5 or 7 for 23 yards and a touchdown. The Jags had their opportunity, y'all, and and they had their chances in this game just to keep it interesting. But timely pressure on defense by Kansas City and some missed opportunities played a factor in this game for Jacksonville. Look, Christian Kirk, he balled out for Jacksonville, right? He led the team with targets. He had 14 but he was only able to come up with half of those that came his way. He also had the lone touchdown for the Jaguars wide receiving court. Y'all, as I stated before on my previous episode, I felt like one of the keys to the game, they were going to have to get some some leg movement out of ETN and Lawrence. Okay, so ETN gave you about 6.2 yards on the ground per carry. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. But... In a game against Kansas City, you're going to need a little bit more, right, because of the firepower, because how well these guys know the system. Now they've been in the system so long, they could just kind of maneuver through it. And 
when you're playing with that home crowd, man, that, that that's an added advantage, right? Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine, he was able to give you some things on the ground as well, extend some plays out. But, man, like I said, that pressure and where they brought it from, how they brought the pressure, it just got home. And when it got home, it seemed like it was times when, you know, they were so close to getting a completion here or somebody was open, but the pressure just got there before Trevor Lawrence is able to connect on the passes. So it sped them up all game. And I think that really, and especially in that fourth quarter, as as we saw Jacksonville trying to make that comeback, right? Cardiac cat, right? Jaguars trying to make that comeback. Just wasn't able to. But hey, you know who was able? More than able? Travis Kelsey. The Jaguars did a pretty decent job number-wise, right, when it comes to the Chiefs wideouts. They really didn't have, they really didn't have a big game, big day. M most of that might have been on the injury of Pat Mahomes that he was dealing with. But Travis Kelsey was open early, and he was open often. 14 receptions for 98 yards and two touchdowns. He is a menace, especially when he comes down to that red zone because the way that they scheme him up, okay? Big takeaway. Big takeaway, huge takeaway from this game. Obviously, the health of Patrick Mahomes, right? We know who their next opponent, their next round opponent is going to be. How healthy will he be? Because we know what he can do with his legs, and it's not so much just him scrambling out of the pocket, him scrambling around in the pocket. The scramble drill king, right? If he's able to find a Kadarius Tony or Juju because he's extending the plays, like that hurts teams. How much scramble ability will he have next week, right? He was limited on Saturday, and that, that kind of let Jacksonville hang around. But as I said, the more experienced team, the championship <clears throat> pedigree that the Chiefs have, it really helped them to be able to go ahead and really just pull away from Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got some learning to do. But what a great season for them Jaguars, right? The off of the, fresh off of the heels of the Urban Meyer just debacle, just it was ugly. Fresh off of that, y'all win the division, go to the playoffs, win the playoff game, take on a formidable Kansas City, and you're right there on the doorstep to really just kind of tie it and make this very interesting. Sometimes you got to fall short in order for you to really grasp a hold of what it's going to take at the next level. So shout out to Jacksonville in the season they had, but Kansas city, boy, they got a tough task on their hand. And we're going to talk about it later on this week. As we give our championship picks and breakdowns next game, we retreated to on Saturday night was not intense. Didn't have that much drama. New York football giants took on Philadelphia. Well, New York football giants, they showed up score wise 38 to seven, um, I guess you can debate whether they played or not. I'm not here to say that. I think they they did what they could do with what they had against who they were going against, right? So we know that Philly came in off the bye. A lot of questions, obviously, right? Just the health of one Jalen Hurts, right? How would this health really just factor in, like, how healthy would he be, I guess you could say, right? That's the words we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. So when we think about this, right, okay, 
Put it all in perspective for us, L. Well, something that stuck out to me about the game. Okay, obviously. Um, touchdown drives. Okay, let's look at Philly's touchdown drives. First touchdown drive, 4 minutes and 54 seconds. Second touchdown drive, 4 minutes, 18 seconds. They punt it. Then they got another touchdown drive, which is 4 minutes and 52 seconds. And then able to again score on a 15-play touchdown drive, 5 minutes and 4 seconds. So, they were scoring in about 4 to 5 minutes whenever they were able to get their hands on the ball. This really led to them to really bust this thing open in the first half, 28-0. Sarani was feeling it, y'all. He was feeling it. This game all week was just hyped up, right? Because we saw New York take down a a Vikings team that really looked like they were poised to do something in the postseason. Now, here comes the quote-unquote analytical hype. The Vikings were a good team, but Kirk Cousins in big games has still not shown us anything to give credibility. We bought into... Justin Jefferson and Thielen and what they were doing on defense and just the Skull Nation and everything they do in Minnesota. But New York came in with a game plan. They felt like they can compete with them, and they were able to take that game rather convincingly. They come against a juggernaut, another road game. Hey, can you do it again? They were not able to. So... That was my biggest question watching this game. Just over the course of the game, just in the first half was are we were we really all week talking about and I I don't think I was really one of the ones talking about per se a Giants upset, but all week I just heard about how the Giants can take this game against Philly like some it's just it was some things that was lined up. They look good. I don't know if Philly can do this. Were we saying that because they beat the Vikings or we did we believe that maybe Jalen Hurts wasn't, uh, not only was he below 100% health-wise, but how they struggled, the, they being the Eagles, struggled at the end of the season. They just didn't do well. It seemed like they were going through some things, but they put the Giants to rest early, y'all. Put them to bed like we was on curfew, 28 nothing at halftime, just getting the house street lights on. We ain't playing with y'all. Like, but you you see that, and then you're like, okay, it's 28 nothing. Maybe, maybe they can do what Jacksonville did. And they cannot, right? So we're five years removed from from the day, right? That game. Five years prior. The Eagles beat the Vikings by the same margin of victory, same exact score, in route, route to a championship with Nick Foles. So could we see some of that same magic again? I love these random stats, these random facts. It makes, it makes decision-making harder, right? So what really went wrong for the Giants in this game? Well, to start out, they weren't able to really match the intensity of the Eagles to start the game. The home crowd in Philadelphia, not anybody who watches baseball, saw how crazy the crowd was in Philly for that baseball game. That series was against the Braves, and 
I mean, it was just a raucous crowd. Man, you know they loved them some football up there in Philly. That that intensity and how the Eagles were just executing to start the game. Flawless. Where was the run game, y'all? Where was the run game? They were not able to consistently have a run game, even though as a team they had over 100 yards on the ground. They could have leaned more on Saquon, which I would have done. They could have leaned on him just a little bit more, just in my opinion, right? O-line, they gave up five sacks. And and Daniel Jones, Mr. Dimes, threw a bad interception early on in that game. Um, And I think, to me, that kind of really stood out in a sense because here it is, you got, you're on your 32-yard line. You're starting out, you make a bad read, you throw it directly to the DB of Philly. Just was not ideal. That's not ideal how you want to do that. You hate to really see that happen. You really do. Um, miscommunications early on can really cost you. Um, James Bradbury, go figure, right? So he gets the interception. We also know that James Bradbury was just playing with the Giants earlier this season. That's how life comes at you now in 2023, okay? Philly did not have to rely on their passing game too much because they were able to run with big success. 268 yards on the ground, okay? And that came by way of Gainwell and Sanders. Now, granted, Hurts and Boston Scott both chipped in in the run game, both having touchdowns. The formations that they ran at the Giants kind of had them all out of sorts. My favorite play was the pitch out the game well, which looked like a quarterback sneak by the formation, able to draw everybody in, flip it out the game well, cutting out to the corner, able to just, I'll hell at y'all later. Game well, 12 carries, 112 yards, one touchdown, 9.3 yards on the ground. They're dangerous if they can run the ball this well. You kind of want Jalen to beat you with his arm. I know that sounds crazy because he can do it. He has the weapons to do it. We cannot sleep on Dallas Goddard. We cannot sleep on Smitty, obviously, and we know what A.J. Brown is. They didn't really need to use utilize them much in this game. Think about it. Between the three players I just named, they had 14 receptions out of 21 targets, right? Now, granted, they had two touchdowns, Devontae Smith being the leader amongst them in yards. If you're able to slow down the run game and kind of keep them behind the sticks, you can have some success against this Philadelphia team. Easier things are said than done. You got to go out there, present the challenge. They are moving on. Another home game for them. 38-7, to the victors here. We ain't done, though. That disrespectful divisional round, it keeps going, y'all. Sunday, we woke up. Everybody was able to go ahead, order their wings, do their chips, dip, that type of thing. Get ready for a Cincinnati and Buffalo matchup, right? The game that was the game that was postponed, canceled, however you may look at it, 
due to the health of Mr. Hamlin, who is doing better. We got it in the playoffs. See, everything works out. You don't have to question nothing because it all works out, right? Everybody, oh, they probably, are they going to cancel the game and do all this? Health is important. What's meant to be is going to be, and we got it. Cincinnati, Buffalo in the snow. What can? What more could you ask for, right? We got two young quarterbacks, right? We had all the drama in this game, right? I told y'all Sunday was going to have the better games, and it did not disappoint. We got two hot young quarterbacks, right? We got Burrow. We know what he represents. We got Josh Allen. We got Jamar Chase. We got Stephon Diggs. Hey, you got Gabe Davis. You got T. Higgins. Do we got to keep going? Hey, we got that good defense for Buffalo, which we know of. And we got an underrated, very overlooked defense in Cincinnati. This game just lined up so well. But the theme in this one was disrespect. It was a narrative that the media really ran with. You could say the Bengals players use it as fuel. They were already obviously selling tickets for the game for the AOC championship between the Bills and the Chiefs in Atlanta, right? Why that was even a thing in the first place, I'm not even going to get into on this one because as a fan, I felt disrespected. I don't know, like, how are we going to really just come up with this scenario that if these two teams meet, that the tiebreaker, uh, all that foolishness, ah, it, it's just crazy. It, I don't, I don't get it. If anything, that game should have been in Buffalo. Buffalo did beat Kansas City in Kansas City for what it's worth. Anyway, neither here nor there. This game we're talking about had all the headlines, all the juice, everything you could possibly want in a game. I told you they had snow too. From the outset. We were shown that Buffalo is not who we thought they were. Or Buffalo is not what everybody said they were. There's no disrespect to the Bills as a team. But now we have seen three postseasons of just so close, but oh so far away. Everybody pitted Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes as the guys. For some reason, Joe Burrow keeps getting overlooked. And as I was listening to the commentators talk about this game and the way they were really talking about this game, I just was sitting back like, dang, we're going to act like Joe Burrow didn't beat Pat Mahomes last year and his crib and then go to the Super Bowl? Neither here nor there. This is why they play the game. Cincinnati came out hot in the cold. Hey, snow with the white uniforms they had on. I just wish they had the white helmet to make it complete. Maybe we can get that, I don't know, next week or a future date. Whatever. Came out thumping, y'all. I mean, they came out thumping. Eight plays, 79 yards, three minutes, 20 seconds on their first drive. Joe Burrow hitting Jamar Chase, 28 yards. And the gritty in the snow is a thing that we didn't know we needed, but we now know anytime it snows, that's what we about to do. Buffalo then gets the ball back. Five plays. Six yards, punt it off. Cincinnati goes 12 plays, 67 yards. Touchdown pass to Hayden Hurst, who was, he was killing it, y'all. He was killing it. Cincinnati jumped on him 
early 14 nothing in the first quarter then we got some we got some plays we got some magic from josh allen getting it back in getting the crowd back into it he was able to get in the end zone for a touchdown at this time cincinnati kicks a field goal we got a 17 to 7 game at the half one thing we noticed about this game especially at halftime Cincinnati was clearly the better team. They were more aggressive. They were more physical. They were ready for what was about to happen. This game started off a lot like the game that was canceled started. Cincinnati just mowing down the field. Boom, touchdown. That's because of matchups. It is hard to guard two number one receivers on the set. Like, you got T. Higgins and you got Jamar Chase. Not to mention you still got Tyler Boyd, who we don't really talk about as much. And then you got Hayden Hurst, who I just alluded to, called touchdown pass. They have a lot of weapons. But to me, what really worked for these guys in this game, the run game. Cincinnati had 105 yards on the ground, 5.3 average, right? Joe Mixon had himself a day. Anytime they needed to run, they got it. Joe Burrow even, even gave you 31 yards on the ground. When you look at their counterpart, the problem, those who have listened to previous breakdowns I have done over the season, right? When I talked about the Bills, one thing I will always say was the quarterback cannot be your leading rusher and it be a working thing. You need a solid running back. Josh Allen had eight carries for 26 yards. He was a leading rusher. You cannot have that. You have to have a run game. The even more telling point, right? He had zero touchdown passes. Remember how I talked about that Cincinnati defense? Being, they put pressure on him. They blitz Hilton like crazy. They tried to give him the game, y'all. They tried to give him a chance. Look, that was clearly a fumble. Arm was not going forward. I get it. We can we can agree on the Jamar Chase, right? Even though I felt like they took that touchdown away from him. Needless to say, I'm cool with that call. That other one, not so much because, hey, guess what? That was actually a fumble reminiscent of Tom Brady in the snow. Hmm. That'll make Raiders fans happy there. 25 of 42 was Josh Allen. Just... And of interception, he was just really not, he wasn't on his game. Stefan Diggs had 10 targets. He's still looking at Josh, he's still looking at Josh Allen with his arms up. 10 targets. He only caught four of them for 35 yards. I told y'all. Mm, defense is overlooked. 42 pass attempts, didn't get it done. When we look at Josh Allen's counterpart, the guy who nobody really likes to give credit to, cool. I hey, dub it. Y'all can run with it. Snow Burrow is a thing. 23 of 36, 242, two touchdowns. Not playing with these guys, okay? Jamar Chase, eating, right? He only has 61 yards, five receptions. And a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, five receptions. Samaj P. Ryan, five receptions, right? They were spreading the ball out. And the targets 
No, like Jamar Chase had eight targets. He had five receptions. Hayden Hurst had six targets. Five receptions. Samaj P. Ryan, five targets, five receptions. T. Higgins, four targets, three receptions. Burrow was on. He was on his thing thing. He was doing it. He was doing it. Shout out Cam Taylor Britt. Did his thing. Got the interception. Boys balling out. Nebraska product. Eli Apple going crazy out there, y'all. They just dominated Buffalo. Buffalo only scored 10 points. This was a team that, look, they the, the game at Kansas City, they changed the rules so this can happen. Buffalo has not made it out of the division around in two straight years. They fall short in that one, in the game of the day, right? Because let's be honest, Cincinnati, they just impose their will. They play AFC North football. But this game between old rivals and San Francisco and Dallas, 19-12, it had its fair share of drama. And we saw some repeat things that we saw last year going on in that game, right? Look, Brock Purdy, they going like Shanahan's gonna have to sit down with Brock Purdy, right? And 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 kind of help him to calm his nerves because this next matchup they got coming up against Philly is gonna be a tough test. But I'm gonna tell you this. Y'all can agree to disagree with me. Dallas and the pressure that they put on. I do not know. If Philly will be able to do the same thing. But that's a whole nother breakdown, right? Because you got a linebacker throwing offensive linemen with one arm. Crazy stuff, I know. Dallas defense did it. They did everything you needed to do to keep this a game, right? Going into the fourth quarter, nine apiece, right? What happened, y'all? Well, you lose Tony Pollard. That doesn't help if you're Dallas. You have no real run game. Uh, Zeke had 10 carries. He had 26 yards. It's not really good. Uh, Dak had a better, better yard average, but he only had 22 yards on the ground. Tony Pollard uh, hurt Tony Pollard and wish him a speedy recovery. He had 22 yards. So you don't really have... It's just horrible. Like, And then... C.D. Lamb has himself a game, which we already talked about. He's a matchup problem. But nobody else really did anything. Dalton Schultz had 10 targets. He only had five. He only caught five. I didn't see T.Y. Hilton since the first quarter. Noah Brown was a non-factor, right? It was pretty much the C.D. Lamb show. And that's cool because if you open, you just open. But Dak Prescott goes 23 of 37, 206 yards, one touchdown, and two turnovers. Two turnovers. Your counterpart, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the guy who hasn't lost a game yet, 19 of 29, 214 yards. Even though he didn't have a touchdown, he had zero interceptions. He will need to throw some touchdown passes in this next game, but we'll talk about that on a later episode. Great defensive game. Dallas had the game plan. Their their speed is just crazy. It almost looked like a college team out there. They're, the defensive speed. Like Dan Quinn got some guys. And the, the way that they were flying around, 
it reminded me a lot of those old Legion of Boom days. Elijah Mitchell carried the load 51 yards for 14 carries. Not a great average. He was able to sit up there and kind of just balance it out. And he had some clutch runs in the fourth quarter. Christian McCaffrey dealing with a calf injury. Day-to-day right now, 35 yards, stone 10 carries. Uh, Debo Samuel, he got into the action a little bit, but that they're saving grace, y'all. They're saving grace. George freaking Kittle. Crazy catches, timely catches. Five targets, five receptions. 95 yards. If you're watching game film, you're like, that is the guy that you have to stop. We know what Debo Samuels can do on the outside. Juwan Jennings is a sleeper, and Brandon Ayuk can get past you. But it's George Kittle because whenever he's in a rut, he being Brock Purdy, he is on the same page as George Kittle. And George Kittle, don't let that joker fool you. You lose him. He blocks, he blocks, he blocks, he blocks, he releases, he's gone. Straight up. Seems up the middle. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, he had a fumble at what seemed like a costly juncture in the game. <sighs> Brett Maher got his kick, extra point block. It, it, it just started off with some bad, what the folks call juju for Dallas, and it didn't get any better. Even the last play of the game with Zeke lining up at center. You can't make this stuff up, y'all. But it's a great game, and the 49ers advance. Such a disrespectful division around, y'all. I swear, man. Such a... But they were good games. Good games. My biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaways. Let's ring it back, y'all. Biggest takeaways from this weekend, right? The health of Patrick Mahomes going forward. Is Jalen Hurts' shoulder okay to really carry this team in the next next round? Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, what are we going to do in the offseason? San Francisco is going to the NFC Championship again. This has been an Average Fan Podcast. Your host, L. Jones. Rate, like, subscribe, share. Even leave a comment. Tell us how you like the podcast. Enjoy y'all. We out.